All right, welcome to the Truth Bar, where the drinks flow and the lights are low. Just a few blocks down from U.S. Bank Stadium, where the monster trucks battle and the Super Bowl countdown has begun. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by Minnesota Business Magazine and Casey Truth, this is Truth or BS, a happy hour talk show where we discuss local and global news, politics, culture, and business with only one rule, no BS allowed. So if you're in the audience tonight and you hear BS, whether it's jargon or cliche, ring the bell. And the accused bullshitter will have 30 seconds to explain themselves. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Peter Hajinian and I'll be your captain this evening. Yeah. Providing... Providing the smooth soundtrack for us tonight is Bill Lang on sax. Let's hear from Bill. So tonight we're going to talk about Minneapolis versus St. Paul. We divided our studio audience in half. Let's hear from the St. Paul side. Wow. All right, Minneapolis, what you got? Oh, it's electric in here. <laughs> Minneapolis against St. Paul. You know, Minneapolis, the mill city, the first city of the West. St. Paul, the state capital, the last city of the East. Minneapolis, where the parking tickets cost about 42 bucks. St. <laughs> Paul, where the parking tickets will run you a cool $56. Well, we could go on and on and on, but let's, let's get under the parka a little bit. Let's really, let's really get to the truth of this. The man who's gonna take us there, ladies and gentlemen, it's our host, our bartender, the illustrious editor of the Minnesota Business Magazine. La ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Please give it up for Steve LeBeau. Well, uh, this is really an excellent uh, topic for a program because I'm a bi-citizen. I live in St. Paul and work in Minneapolis, Ooh. so I have a foot in both worlds. And um, I came here as a teenager and lived in Bloomington, which is actually a part of the greater Minneapolis grid system. And so it was real easy, you know, if, if it was on 23rd Street, you'd, all the signs would be, you know, it'd be 23 something. And then we would try to go into St. Paul and we'd get lost every time when the numbers have nothing to do with where the streets are. <laughs> so I was so confused about that. But then I heard a, 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 a lecture, well, yes, St. Paul is the last Eastern city where they kind of grow along from the river and uh, Minneapolis is the first great plain city. So they just spread everything out and they got grids everywhere. And so I always preferred to drive in Minneapolis, but those damn lakes, you get into a lake and then we got totally lost, you know, these kids from Bloomington. <laughs> and then as I grew up and started, you know, uh, being in both cities, I thought, oh, well, St. Paul is like a small town mentality. And so people move in from Wisconsin and su such that they'd rather live in a small town. But people that wanted to live in a big city with a big downtown, they would go to Minneapolis, you know, if they came in from Iowa or North Dakota. So I thought that was it. And then I saw our highest elected official go on national television and explain why St. Paul is so screwed up. Well, it's because the drunken Irish laid out the streets. <laughs> but then I heard another elected official, the, the great Mayor Latimer of St. Paul, speaking in Minneapolis, and he said, and, and this is what I like to repeat, I'm so glad to be here in Minneapolis. It's my favorite suburb. <laughs> oh. Nice, Steve. Thank nice. you. 
lot of bells in there. You guys could be ringing. I'm just saying. All right. Hey, why don't we? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we get to know our panelists, Steve? Let's play a little game of truth or BS. So each of them will tell us two things about themselves that's true, and one thing about themselves that's total BS. And audience, it's up to you guys to figure out what's real and what's a load of whale poop. Okay? Steve, to you. Okay, well, let's start alphabetically to the person on my right. Well, I don't know if it's alphabetical. Let's, let's go see. with Dan Collison. What, give us, uh, we need to calibrate our BS detectors here. Give me two true things and one false thing. Okay, uh, I am a self-taught gourmet chef. I am a national music competition winner on marimba. And I have terrible depth perception while driving cars. Wow, so how did you get here? Bike. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, what do so, we think? So we have the gourmet chef, self-taught. Ring the bell, ring the bell. Play the game. Yes, to this gentleman. I'm guessing gourmet chef. Gourmet chef. He's right. I'm a reheater at best. <laughs> so, so your eyes are still bad, but you still drive a bike. Well, eyes are good. I just have no depth perception. There's a difference. Okay, but okay, we'll, we'll check out your intellectual depth as we go. Okay, Trisha McGovern, I believe you're next in okay. green and from St. Paul. That's good. That's good for us. I'm a pilot. I belong to the National Scrabble Association. Wow. And I studied acting at the Shakespeare Institute in Stratford-upon-Avon. Wow, and you flew there. Wow, so you're a pilot. You're a word wizard or you're a drama queen? Is that, is that what they're there? Oh, hey, that works! All right, what do we got? Let's hear some bells, anybody? All right, here we go. What was the second one? Oh, Scrabble. Scrabble. You, you looked down and to the right when you said that, so I'm going with that one. Is that true or false, is what you're saying? It's the lie. No, I do belong to the National Scrabble. Oh. I think somebody fancies themselves a poker player. All right, here Can we I go. Call bullshit on his I know how to spot a lie thing. Yes. <laughs> hey, somebody get this guy a drink, all right? Okay, so uh, Scrabble player, anybody, any other guesses? Shakespeare, no, no one's gonna guess? Pilot or Shakespeare? Pilot. Pilot from the audience. No, I studied Shakespeare at the Stratford on Avon. Wow. Okay, we'll test that out in a little while. Okay, now we have running for mayor of which city? Minneapolis. Okay, Jacob Frey, what are your uh, three right. statements? Uh, uh, all right, here's my three. I danced for the youth version of the Kirov Ballet. I repelled off of U.S. Bank Plaza. Hmm. Uh, and I was a professional distance runner for Team USA. Wow. Wow. Oh, we've got a bell over here. That's the dancing, Jacob. It's the dancing. Yeah, right. You got it right. <laughs> well done. Gosh, I was just imagining how graceful you might have repelled. <laughs> okay, now, do we have anyone here running for mayor in St. Paul? Okay. It's almost redundant. Uh, could you give us your BS and then a couple true statements? <laughs> well, I got lots of BS, let I me know, tell well, you that's... that. Okay, so I once drove a truck 
with 9,000 potatoes in it from St. Paul to Mississippi. That's one. I won an Emmy for putting a hockey rink uh, on a major airfield in Minnesota. An Emmy? An Emmy Award. Um, not an Oscar, but an Emmy. Okay. And uh, my favorite pizza is in Minneapolis. Hey. Oh. Easy. <laughs> that was only 8,000 pounds of potatoes that you drove to Mississippi. <laughs> oh, it was 9,000. Oh. It was serving soldiers. All right, what do we got? Anybody? Pizza. Pizza. The Minneapolis pizza. Right. Is there pizza in Minneapolis? Uh, oh. oh, we're going to have fun tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, thank you for playing. That, that could have ruined your, your election strategy. Yeah. So I can it's see the card. Minneapolis vote. I can see the whole way. That's right. Well, I hear the election is rigged anyway, so I don't know what you're What's the favorite pizza in St. Paul, though? Oh, there's lots of pizza yeah. in St. Paul. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the, um, the whole idea of, of a rivalry, it's almost out of date. It's still there. I mean, whenever the newscasters come in town and, they, and they're in St. Paul, they say, coming to you live from Minneapolis. So St. Paul kind of is kind of No, we there. like it that way. You like it that Are way to keep them up? Are you kidding me? That's perfect. But we, I, we don't want people to know. We want all of those national fake news people to like be on, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I, uh, um, I interviewed a man who would try to start a Minneapolis-St. Paul magazine in the early 1960s, and it failed because all the people from St. Paul said, we don't care about the people in Minneapolis, and the people in Minneapolis said, we don't care about the people in St. Paul. But now it's obviously changed because they do have a Minneapolis-St. Paul magazine. We care. Right. We, we care. care a lot. We just think we're better. <laughs> We think our name should be first on that magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> How are you better? Oh, oh from, this is from the St. Paul. It's a good thing these groups are divided out there. So now, are any of you actually born in, in the city that you're... Uh, of course. Okay. Oh, no, Trish? I wasn't. I was born in Minneapolis. <laughs> So, that's, that was Mount Sinai Hospital because it was a temporary situation. I can promise you that. Well, they don't even. It's always temporary. Yeah, well. St. Paul people, I promise. That was just like a little glitch in my history. Okay, so what other alternative facts are we going to hear from you tonight? That, now, now, she corrected it. Are, 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 are those really your parents that brought you this? So, well, my, my dad originally, you know, they, the, his family had to be on the border. It's this little place called Prospect Park. There's oh, a witch's tower right. for a reason. They were running for their life across the border to St. Paul to come to the saintly city. Hey, the saintly city. Yeah. So when your city is got God on their side, like the game is over. You know, it's just like bada bum. I guess the, the big guy wins. Okay, we have a theologian here from Minneapolis. I hope you're um, minding your P's and Q's. Now, what I heard once is that when, when the cities were established way back when, that the, the city leaders made a deal that, that uh, St. Paul gets the capital, but Minneapolis gets the university. Is that, is that right? Anybody heard that? Uh, the Ag Campus came way before that. And then there's university. a third, isn't there a third piece to that story? <laughs> the that story? Like Which is. Which is the jail, right? Who gets the state prison? Who is the, why did John right. Barrymore yeah. jump off the bridge? He sure as hell didn't land in St. Paul, I can promise you that. The famous poet. 
<laughs> he was on the Minneapolis side. <laughs> well, let's, let's turn to the mayoral candidates. If you had to say, what's the best thing about Minneapolis, what would it be? Uh, well, although I'm drinking the beer right now, you know, I got, I got to go, I got to go with the people. Hey. Is that a St. Paul bell? Okay, so, okay, now give me your true answer. <laughs> well, I just got, I just now, okay, so here's the true answer. It's not the people at all. <laughs> no. Um, I, 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 so I, I just got married uh, seven months ago. <laughs> hey, what? The women, and specifically my wife, are razor sharp, super strong, and extremely good looking. Yay! So, so, so you're a foreigner. I'm a foreigner, I am. You're, you're from? I, I grew up in the D.C. area. My parents are from uh, New, New York City area. New York City, yeah. wow, East Coast guy. Yeah. Well, so how, how, what was the biggest struggle for you to adapt to the, uh, the environment in Minneapolis? Well, I think undeniably it's, it's uh, it, at times people don't tell you exactly what they're thinking right from the gun. Because they're too nice. Yeah, they may be pretty nice, yeah. I well, think you'll wait a little while, you'll be hearing a lot of unnice you'll, 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 Yeah, you definitely hear it. Well, once you get into politics, you know, yeah. I think the niceties go away immediately. It but flies. before that, right. before that, it, you know, it takes a little while for people to warm up enough to you to give you the slug you deserve. <laughs> okay, authenticity, authenticity is not in our vocabulary. And, and oh, let's turn to St. Paul. Were you born in St. Paul? I was born in St. Paul. Hey, my, my dad was born in St. Paul. My grandfather was born in St. Paul. And, wow. and my great-grandfather lived not far from where I live right now. Now, is one of your ancestors St. Paul himself? <laughs> my mother might have thought that, but uh, no, no, no. So. So, so you grew up and this was normal? Absolutely. St. Paul is a, is, a, is a community of families, multi-generational, new people that come in from other towns. You should have maybe right. stopped in St. Paul Thank before you came have. over here. <laughs> we would have welcomed you, and, and in St. Are there, Paul, are there any family. Pretty, are there pretty women in St. Paul? Uh, yes, there are. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I think the ladies of Minneapolis wanted to dispute that one just a little bit. So... So now, when, when you when you know one place, sometimes it's like if you're if you're an American and you travel overseas, then you appreciate something new about America. Now, did you go over to Minneapolis and say, "Oh my gosh, I never knew how much I loved St. Paul until I saw Minneapolis"? What what did you did you ever voyage out into Minneapolis and and just kind of oh, shook your head? You know, on occasion, my employer would have to bring me to St. Uh, to Minneapolis and force you to go. Force you to go, and it's a it's a fine it's a fine place. But uh, <laughs> eventually, we're all called back to St. Paul. And, uh, <laughs> so now uh, I'll ask you the same uh, mayoral question, which runs the risk of a, a lot of bells. What's your favorite thing about St. Paul? You know, St. Paul is that it is a it, it is a family. So whether you're a New American, uh, a new resident, or anything, everybody looks out for each other in our city. So I'll tell you. Good. I'll second that. And, and, and what I always used to think was, well, St. Paul has the better neighborhoods, but a real crummy downtown. And then Minneapolis has a great downtown. And well, you know, the neighborhoods, who knows? But 
we're losing Macy's. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh. What's going on? What's yeah. going on Same with downtown Minneapolis? Yeah. yeah. Downtown is we, we fantastic. We, we expect yeah. Minneapolis to lose theirs. Or we expect St. Paul to lose theirs. But we don't expect Minneapolis. Oh, Minneapolis. Steve, Steve, I have to ask you, didn't, didn't, wasn't there a Macy's or something in St. Paul? That, well, I know. We, ex first? we expect that to go. It was on life support for like 20 they, they years. They left way earlier. Wow, clarifying point there. Uh, I think we're going to get to that next. It was there, it was there for just like that. <laughs> okay, Dan, tell yeah, us. I think downtown, and I think, downtown. I think the Macy story is a great story, and Councilmember Fry and I have served on panels and had this conversation because we innovate, we adapt, we change, we lead. And that whole conversation has been this sort of thing that was coming and coming and coming. We knew it was coming, and now is the chance of transformation. I mean, so the Nicola Mall is going to be reinvented, and that space is already purchased and going to be reinvented. It's going to be a whole new day. So when can I walk on that mall? You can walk on it right now. <laughs> yeah, but my shoes will get muddy. Only on a couple sides of the street. Right. Now, when will it be finished to attract all the millions of uh, downtowner wannabes? Well, I mean, the schedule that we have is in the next... We're looking at, uh, so, so October. Off. We're well, looking at September. I'll, I'll jump in, I'll jump oh, in. Oh, no, yeah, that's no, last week's schedule. Let's look at this week. <laughs> no, I, I, will, I will admit, the, the mall is, is not looking its pristine self right now. Um, but, you know, while you're, while you're watching the sausage get made, and it's kind of disgusting, like once the sausage is complete, it's going to be pretty delicious. <laughs> And, uh, and no bells on that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love yeah. bells. I always applause for that brilliant line. Is what I want. But and with Macy's, yeah, you know Macy's is gone. But here's the reality: that that model of like four, five, six square floors of massive square footage in this huge department store is dead. Yeah. Like whether we like it or not, and I know a lot of people are nostalgic about Dayton's and, and a little bit less Macy's. But I still call that, it Dayton's. That model, yeah, you still do. That, and that, that model is dead. And, uh, but what is alive and well in terms of retail is smaller square footage, you know, smaller spaces, more locally owned. You know, I don't, I think it's kind of boring where you pass through one block and you only hit one massive franchise conglomerate corporation. Like you, you want, you want to pass by like seven or eight different locally owned spots and joints with like you know different tastes and smells and sounds and people all on one block that's cool that's like you think about it, the great cities you're at yeah score one for the mayoral candidate yeah, yeah. hold on we got we got a uh, bell from the saint paul side we got a here bell. we go well no it's just the only thing is macy's was historically known for their wonderful holiday like displays and that does bring in tourists and attracts interest to cities and so why I can concede the point that, yeah, having some variety in stores is nice. Having that, like, block-wide display is, is something that will be missed. Um, you know, and we lose people to Chicago and New York. Well, uh, take that. You know, I have an idea of what we could do maybe to bring the party back. If you guys both win, can we have a party on the uh, Marshall uh, Lake Bridge? Or the captain will be there. I'll have a boat underneath, you know? Yeah. Now, would you two pledge that you'll, we'll have the same kind of bromance we had with uh, Coleman and RT? For sure. I think we can surpass that bromance. You heard it here, folks. We're going to start having kids. We'll get the kids right. together, you know? Yeah. We'll do the sleepovers. Matching. You can come over to the Children's Museum with your There you go. I like that, yeah. Museum.
I'll swing by, you know, once a year. Oh, Am I? Good. <laughs> when you get lost and accidentally yeah. go in. So, Tricia, now you, uh, apart from your unfortunate birth yeah. uh, situation, <laughs> you're, kind well, of a, you're kind of a St. Paul. I gotta tell you something. The craziest story was I, everybody in St. Paul mm. grows up in a parish system. So, this is what's far different from Minneapolis. When you live in St. Paul, you absolutely know what church, ballpark, and bar is on your corner. Because when you grow up in St. Paul, it's a borough system, it's a parish system. So that is why the streets are different. They weren't designed by drunken Irishmen. They, they were designed by absolutely brilliant Greek gods that figured out how to put their stamp down and create a nice little maze around the neighborhoods. We didn't want anyone in. So it worked out perfect for us. It was a defensive maneuver. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I laugh because um, in my household, we, I grew up in the St. Cecilia Parish, which was, by the way, by the St. Paul Ag ca Campus, where the University of Minnesota started. Oh, it if anyone wants to know. With how many, well, how, how many I just have to say the cost of being welcoming is streets that make sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. That, that's true. So, uh, but the big joke in my family was, because my father grew up right literally in Prospect Park, is every time he got mad at the parish that I grew up in, he would start going over to St. Francis Cabrini. Oh, the Minneapolis yes. side. Yes, so he would go over to the Franklin Avenue, St. Francis Cabrini, because he felt the church was taking too much money from him. Take that, <laughs> St. Paul. Yeah, yeah. So and, now, and, tell and, us a little about some of your history, because McGovern, that rings a bell when you go over there. Well, my dad was a journalist, and so he was an anchor man for KSTP. Was it Jim McGovern? Yep, Jim McGovern. Oh, okay. And so he has a long history. He was a jazz musician, and he played with Lake Hammond. They met in World War II, the mm -hmm. jazz image, Lake Hammond. Right. So I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, just. Um, McGovern's Bard, is that, is that a coincidence? That's my brother. That's my dad brother. would have nothing to do with the bar, but my brother did that. And um, yeah, well, Keys, my mom, was just influential in the fact that she helped start that because my mother uh, started, uh, bought, had one of the first Dairy Queens off of Raymond Avenue in 280. So you had those big cinnamon rolls. And... Was, was your mom the one that made sure that when you order bacon at Keys, they bring out a whole pig? So, yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't my mom. She was just, she started it with her business partner early, but Barb took it and ran with it. So uh, we can't take any credit for that. So what are you doing to improve the city? Oh, St. Paul? Well, I'm, I'm a good tour guide. So what I always do is when, I, when someone wants to recruit somebody to come over to St. Paul, I say, no, we're not about Grand Avenue. You're missing the whole point here. We have the best ethnic uh, grocery stores, I think, that early on. I think you know our west side is phenomenal. Uh, I think our immigrants have done phenomenal. And I'm talking off the charts phenomenal. We've assimilated our immigrants, I think, well. Partly because the neighborhoods are smaller, so it's very transparent. Uh, in other words, you're outed like a, in a minute in St. Paul. Um, so I think that people bring you in right away. I mean, would you kind of agree with that a little bit? That's an incredibly welcoming community. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, a, uh, it, it, it's, it's a family community where everybody, like I said before, I mean, you just take care of each other. And uh, it, it's extraordinary how St. Paul was built in, in terms of different neighborhoods coming from different countries and it, and it, and it continues to that capacity today and, and that's what's great about St. Paul really is that we're all in it together. Yeah. And, uh, Are you a sanctuary city? Uh, I actually wrote that ordinance in St. Paul in 2004. So there you go. <laughs>
Is the ordinance so fragile that an executive order from above could uh, kind of turn it to dust? That guy, you mean? <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I don't think so. I think we're going to be all right in St. Paul because at the end of the day, you know, you could put those orders out and everything, but our community is going to rally around itself and uh, and take care of each other. And that's that that's that's what St. Paul is all about. And some pretty gal darn good pizza too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, is, is Minneapolis a sanctuary city? Jacob? It's actually kind of an, it's an interesting question. Um, we have what's called a separation ordinance in Minneapolis, which, which was, is St. Paul's, which is St. Paul's yeah. as well. It was, it was authored in kind of in 2003, somewhere around there for our city, which says that, that our city as a municipality is separated from the federal government and that we don't gather and then share information. So in Minneapolis, we don't ask the question as to whether an individual is documented or not. And because we don't ask the question, we have no information to turn over. Ah. So this is actually kind of interesting here. So if you read that guy's executive order. <laughs> and you know who we mean. If you read that guy's right, executive order, <laughs> it, it notes sanctuary city. Sanctuary city is really not defined anywhere. So nobody technically knows what it means. And that's the first thing. But then the second thing, it says whatever information you have, you got to turn over. Well, we haven't gathered any to begin with, and so we have nothing to turn over. Um, so that, I think, is kind of the first line of defense legally. Ignorance is your best defense. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's uh, my motto. Yeah. That's what we go by. Uh, you know, so yeah, it's, it's in addition to the social and political resistance, I also think you need legal resistance here too. And you got your first line of defense and your second line of defense, which is, is Chapter 8, Section 1373, which is the statute at the United States government that they're, that they're basing this whole thing on, has been deemed like unconstitutional in almost every respect, even by the most conservative justice in the last like 30 years, which is Scalia. Well, the most conservative justice so far. So far. Yes, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I so that could be your motto on your mayoral campaign, the legal resistor. The legal resistor, yeah. <laughs> so I have to, uh, one more question catchy. here. I have no. to ask you, uh, no, Dan. Not at all. What is your favorite part? Now, you're, are you an immigrant to the uh, Twin Cities? Transplant, immigrant. Transplant, uh, newcomer. Michigan was where I landed before Michigan. that. My, it's an M state. So. Yeah, it's an M state, Midwest. You know, my parents were immigrants, our grandparents and great-grandparents were immigrants. Uh, Jewish side of my family were Russian Jews. Uh, English laborers came, Collison is an English name, came and they started grocery stores in Kalamazoo, Michigan, was where I grew up in that area. So what's your favorite thing about, well, I, I presume your favorite thing about Minneapolis is downtown, because let's see here, uh, you know, you work in the <laughs> downtown, East Town, downtown council, uh, so what, can I, I assume downtown's your favorite part of Minneapolis. Downtown has changed how I see the world. I mean, I first was transplanted in Minnetonka, it was a great city and was there for 11 years, and then came downtown in 2009 in, to restart a church, and that actually led to civic work on the private side, which then led to these roles with the Downtown Council, East Town Business Partnership, 2020 Partners, where we're having institutions work on common good initiatives, land use development to help the downtown in its growing edges especially become vibrant, connected to the near neighborhoods of opportunity and like making downtown just this incredible place, not only for our whole city, but for the whole region. I hope you're so, still not a Red Wings fan. So. <laughs> oh no, I- Come on, someone ask him the question. No, no, I, I do that wherever I am, there I am. So I was a Viking fan day one. Oh, I was a wild fan day two. 
And I was a Twins fan day three. There we go. Well, let's, right. let's face it, it's not really hard to give up on the Lions. Am I right? It was Am easy I right? to drop the Lions. Okay, just, just one final thing. Of your four business cards that you gave me, one... <laughs> One says that you're a part-time pastor at the uh, Covenant Church in Minneapolis. Now, is downtown good or evil? Awesome. <laughs> downtown is incredible. I think it's incredible. <laughs> That's not good for you. <laughs> okay, well, you could be a you could run for mayor. I that kind of I lived downtown five years. No, I'll let Jacob run for mayor. Uh, I've been called the mayor of East Town because I was sort of around as a volunteer when two and a half billion dollars came roaring into that part of town. Wow! I made connections. I convened. Take no credit. All I did was show up and connect people. Okay, we'll come back later and define yeah. East. And now we're getting a Super Bowl. Well, that, I feel like we're getting to the heart of the matter here, Minneapolis versus St. Paul. But let's, let's go for a drink over in St. Paul. We got to go there first because everything closes early. Am I right? Oh, ring the bell, people. There's bells for a reason. All right, I want to talk to one of our sponsors tonight. Tin Whiskers is here. Fine beer of Tin Whiskers in St. Paul. So tell us a little bit about what we're drinking tonight. Yeah, we have three of our flagships here. Uh, the Flip Switch IPA, the Wheatstone Bridge, which is a honey cameo wheat beer, and then we have our Short Circuit Stout, a, a light-bodied sweet stout. Uh, we have got started in St. Paul th almost three years ago. Okay. Uh, love it down there. We're right downtown, about a few blocks from the Saints Stadium and XL Energy Center. And yeah, okay. Tin, so tin whiskers. I see robots. I see circuit boards. Tell us a little bit about where all that came from. Yeah, me and the two guys I started the, the, the company with, we're all electrical engineers. We all went to the University of Minnesota, got EE degrees, and ended up working at the same company downtown Minneapolis, actually, not too far from here. Um, and then I uh, wanted to start a brewery after touring Surly and Flat Earth. And so when we went to brand the company. We wanted something to tie us together. We had, the only thing we shared that commonly, I guess, other than beer, was our profession. So we... We came out with tin whiskers. That's that's pretty amazing. So I went to college for engineering, and I ended up doing this. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad to see that if I would have finished the degree, I may have been able to start my own brewery. <laughs> I'm the captain. Who do ask that question? Uh, so where are you guys located? If we want to drink this and we're not at the Truth Bar, where should we go? Ninth uh, and Roberts Streets in downtown St. Paul. Uh, we share a building with Black Sheep Pizza, Keys Cafe, and Sawadee there. And you guys don't close early, right? Yeah, we, uh, we stay open until 10. Oh, 11. That's oh yeah. 11 on the weekends. Well, then you let's know. give it up for Tim Whiskers. What are we rolling next? Okay, everybody. It's time for the second half of our show. Um, just to get us into the swing of things, we're going to do a little trivia. But first, a fun fact about strip clubs in both cities. Oh, the so in Minneapolis, the, the dancer is dancing like she's skinny dipping or, you know, she lost both parts of the bikini. Uh, there can't be any alcohol served of any kind in that establishment. Yes, it's true. It's written down right here. In St. Paul, though, if the dancer is dancing like she's skinny dipping, they can serve alcohol. Yes, sir. Yes. Could you, could you say that? What, what do you need? Glass. You need glass. Okay. See, people talk. I don't know about it. I hang out with a lot of sailors, but apparently this is very well known. I didn't know if... Uh, is that you talking about Allery's? Any of you know that? <laughs> Perhaps I am. Yes. Okay, good. We're warmed up. All right, we're going to do a little trivia right now. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and it's going to be the answer is either going to be Minneapolis or St. Paul. So just shout out the answer, okay? 
when you hear it. So we'll see how well everybody knows their cities. Let's start with neighborhoods, right? St. Paul is a very neighborhood-oriented city. Uh, Loring Park. Is that Minneapolis? Yeah. Okay, I don't have to finish. How about Como Park? St. Paul. Oh, you guys are good. St. Anthony Park. St. Paul. St. Paul. St. Paul. St. Paul. Okay, Ventura Village. Minneapolis, yes. How about Holland? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. And the greater east side? St. Paul. St. Paul. All right, okay, you guys know neighborhoods. What about sister cities, okay? Uppsala, Sweden. Yes, there are Germans in there. Which city is the sister city to Uppsala, Sweden? Minneapolis. No, it's St. Paul, actually. How about Novosibirsk, Russia, the capital of Siberia? Minneapolis or St. Paul? St. Paul. St. Paul, correct, yes. Oh, my God. Pat, you got you to gotta be quicker on these. You might be, you might be dealing with the Novosibirsk contingency soon. I got that sister city debate coming up. Yeah, here. there you go. How about Izumi, Japan? That's Minneapolis. Wrong, Bloomington. <laughs> All right, you guys need to brush up on your sister cities. Okay, next up, which city has six lakes? St. Paul, actually. Minneapolis has 10. Ah, the more you know. Uh, and the first magic shop in the country was founded in which city? Minneapolis. Minneapolis, yes. Eagle Magic Store. Eagle, yes, Eagle Magic. So, you know, St. Paul was the first city, or last city of the East, and Minneapolis is the first magic city, I guess. Fake vomit for all. Yeah, no glass. <laughs> All right, let's hear some more smooth sounds from Bill Lang. Okay, talking about Minneapolis versus St. Paul, but, but more and more we're seeing Minneapolis with St. Paul. In fact, they have, we have these organizations going on like the Metro Council that tries to supersede everybody, and then Greater MSP is looking at 16 counties, two of which are in Wisconsin. So. Do you feel, to what extent is your identity mixed with this greater region? Oh, just, okay. I'm so, it's called sack charges. Have you ever heard of those things? Sack charges. No, for carrying <laughs> how many sacks? These are uh, charges that sewers. the Met Council actually has figured out a way to, quite frankly, manipulate the system so that people have to pay more and more for sewage and all these other things. Though I think that um, you know, government becomes too inflated sometimes, and, and, and I don't know what the before was. I can tell you as a business person, for the first time going through the process of a you know, stem to stern business next to McGovern's and building in a business, that dealing with bureaucracy, well, you put it this way, business, small business, is unaffordable. It's a, use tax with St. Paul, like in other words, if I buy something in Maplewood at Home Depot, I have to make sure that I tell the government that there's a 2% difference because I have to now pay St. Paul. So I can't, I have no choice. I can't get anything delivered from Home Depot and Maplewood because my accountant is gonna cost me $100 an hour to figure out that I owe St. Paul 2%. Those, and I, and I don't necessarily know where all of this stuff comes from, but I know that my neighbors have told me, like with the Met Council, like with uh, these charges for sewage, for instance, when a new building goes up, they find a way to like charge someone hundreds of thousands of dollars in these sewage charges. 
I think what's happened is this business has become so complicated that I think it's almost crippling for an immigrant to start up a business, let alone someone that grew up in their own city. Well, well, thank yeah. Sounds goodness. like shit is expensive. <laughs> thank, thank goodness we have someone here who will promise to fix that. Hey. Pat, what would you do? What would you do? Succeed from the region? Well, there's a lot you can do. I mean, a lot of that is correct. I mean, you just have to make it uh, an attractive place, Minneapolis and St. Paul, uh, uh, for people to start businesses and to, and to grow families and, uh, um, and to just, you know, just live these phenomenal lives that we've lived our whole lives in this, in this town. And so, but attractive. Uh, does that mean getting rid of the sewer deal, or you know, that, that there's a lot of truth. There is a ton of truth uh, to what my colleague from St. We Paul think a couple said. tons of truth, and, and uh, I, I think so. And uh, uh, they just have to make business uh, have to have to make it a little easier to start up a business in, in both towns. It, but this isn't a Minneapolis-St. Paul thing, and trust me, I never voted for Donald Trump. But there is a clear reason why this guy got elected. I mean, the reason you know, they're like listening. It, well, but the reason why Trump gets elected is because I think the rest of the country views limousine liberals as like not really getting their deal. And quite frankly, I was one of those people that was completely checked out because I was making the two G's a year and just in la la land and you know padding your 401k or whatever. But then when you give that up to actually do business, you really realize how tough it is. I mean, it's tough. And I think those are the people that we have not paid attention to at all. And, and we make it crippling for, for small businesses to get started in both towns, I think. I, I don't think it makes a difference. But aren't you starting one? Yeah, and it's crippling for me to do it. <laughs> I can't even tell you the story. So I mean, it'll be it, like a miracle if you get it going. No, it's done. It'll be done. At, it'll be done in two weeks. So if Pat, if Pat Harris, Harris gets elected, I'm literally starting a convenience store because my idea of community was to bring back the corner store, right? Mm -hmm. But a, a hipster version of Quick Trip. So, because I really believe that people don't necessarily want to go to a big store, and they want to go to the store and hang out and kibitz with their friends and so sit So Jacob's booth. right, they don't want a big Macy's. You got, what I'm doing is what you're doing That's in right. Minneapolis. Right. High five, yeah. I'm all for it. Uh, come on over. Boy, intercity of <laughs> friendship. I mean, people thought I was crazy when they said, no, yeah, seriously, you're going from being kind of an IT executive to starting a convenience store? I said, yeah, I, I think there's a need for it. Hmm. And by the way, all of you Minneapolis people, I really want you to come over and visit me. It's called Boom Shack Market. Right. Boom. Uh, you need something. We, we might, we, we'll come over, but you might have to like, be a tour guide and actually get us across the bridge and help us figure out where hey, we're listen, going. I have see. got a booth. I'm, gonna, I'm switching. My husband's 100% Italian from New York, and I called it his Guido booth which is politically incorrect. But he doesn't care because it's for him. <laughs> Anyhow, so when you all come over from Minneapolis, I'm yeah. going to change out the plate from my husband's version of Vito Corleone. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll put Minneapolis in there. And you're all welcome. Because you'll be able to spot us coming. People will be yelling down the street, the Minneapolitans we, we are here. See, the Minneapolitans yeah, are here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody, get out your calendar. She's inviting us all. So now, uh, I hear from a lot of business people, obviously, uh, in my job. and. They complain about regulations in, in Minneapolis as well. Uh, you know, in fact, I worked in the government and I, I uh, saw how many stupid regulations there were, just stupid. And, and it came to me that, that um, you know, in journalism, you think that the way to solve all the problems is through communication. You know, if you're a bank, 
the way to solve problems is through money. But if you're in government, the way to solve problems is to make more laws and regulations. That's kind of my conclusion. What are you going to do to make the regulations easier for small business people in Minneapolis, Jacob? And we're recording this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, think, I think the people that, that talk about the, the difficulty in setting up a business in Minneapolis, I think they're right. Um, I mean, the more you delve in, it's difficult. I, um, well, as I mentioned earlier, I got married this summer, and I took a honeymoon in Paris. And if you, if you head to Paris, and you're like, uh, you head to like an art opening or something, it's basically just some random artist that like, you know, heads down the fire escape from their second story flat, and they, they put up an easel and throw out a bottle of wine, and they've got like a boom box and have some tunes, and then throw up some sign on the wall, and, and like then people come by and they check it out. There's no permits, there's no licensing. It's, it's kind of freewheeling. And, and it's very laissez-faire, yeah. And, um, and then this, this particular artist will make like their rent for the next couple of months just based on this one show. And now in Minneapolis, if you were to do that, I mean, you get, you get hit because you had sound and you didn't get a permit for it. You get hit with some sort of liquor because you didn't get your, your permit to, to have liquor, your license. Um, you probably get hit because you don't have a business license in the city. You, you put up a sign, you get hit with everything. I mean, and so... I do think, you know, I'm a, I'm a liberal, but I think we're... Uh, what, what was that for? Oh, we got it right here in the crowd. Yeah. With all due respect, sir, I started a business within Minneapolis. It took uh, $1,500 with a lawyer, ran that business for six years, and I sold it for a profit. I'm an independent. Uh, I didn't need a permit for sound, although we probably played our music too loud once in a while. I don't see that there's that big of a threshold. I, I agree that... Uh, having something that, uh, having some of the, the permits that we have and things like that might feel that way. But come on, let's pay for more paths around the lake. I'm cool with that too. I like those. What's your uh, business? Yeah, sir? was it brick and mortar? It, it was in a brick and mortar place, but it no, was but marketing was it communications. It was an advertising communication so business. Here's, well, yeah. it, it, you're, you're lucky because if you're an advertising agency, um, yeah, you got to register with the Secretary of State. Yeah, you got to go through the SAC, SAC fees of the Met Council, which, you know, is occasionally a burden. But as far as a lot of the permitting that the city is involved in, you probably are, don't need to go through it, and thank God, because if you did, it wouldn't have been just a little bit of a, a, little bit of a fee and you continue on. You would have been struggling. You didn't, um, you and didn't, I think that's what we need to be dramatically need pushing kitchen, back on. Right? You didn't need one of those fancy kitchens where the water gets up to like 500 yeah, anything degrees. Anything you're open to the public, and I'll give you an idea. So I have one toilet that's not open to the public, and I paid $6,000 for those sack charges. Wow. Yes. So that gives you an idea. Is it gold plated? So I, so, uh, so, so I said to them, I said, well, help me understand this for a second. How do all the nail salons that put all those chemicals down those drains that actually get people sick, because we know that, right? Have these little teeny nail salons all over the city. Their sack charge has got to be 10 grand, because I'm not putting that shit down the drain. So will you please <laughs> help that me shit. understand why mine are six and theirs are two? Or mine are six and theirs are four? None of it makes sense. In fact, they used to say that the Met Council was all about pretend numbers. Well, you know, no, no, no. okay, 10. Uh, I'm stuck on the Paris for the honeymoon thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went to St. Yeah, Cloud Steve. for my honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, I, say, I, I don't like to do math, so I got a little lost. But 
one question is, what about all the parties? I mean, Winter Carnival, uh, Northern Spark. I mean, there's a lot of big art festivals and parties that happen in both cities. Aquatennial. Yeah, how does, I mean, how does that happen? How does that work? And Does the I mean, Aquatennial still happen? Well, <laughs> Where do you live? St. Paul? <laughs> is it a summer thing? I think like, they put it down to like one afternoon. It's, it's down to one afternoon. Is it a tennis <laughs> tournament? Wait, 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 like wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, correct it's me, Mr. It's different Mr. than Mr. what it has been in the past. Okay. But the Downtown Council, which years ago when that whole thing started, it was meant to sort of create a competitive environment to the malls and to the other spaces around the area to create the downtown to be a place to experience something in the summer, holodazzle in the holiday season. And as time has gone on, the meaning had to be changed. But you can't just flick a switch. You actually need to change it over a few years. Is it on life support? No, it's actually just on sort of a trajectory of more meaning. Like we've actually had a, the holodazzle was in Loring Park. You can, you can still skate over there. I, I think much like a butterfly, it has to go into, uh, uh, goes into a cocoon before it can you know, be reborn as a beautiful, I think it needs to go on a milk carton race. Do they have that? Did they kill that? Oh, I can't speak to the actual programming. Oh, okay. We don't, we don't bejewel, we don't, responsible. Yeah, yeah. we don't bejewel our people up in Jolly Ranchers, man, okay? We have this thing called the Vulcans. Oh. Yeah, and, and the Vulcan victory dance. So if you actually want to go to a side to where you have actually some real intensity of a party, you'll come over to the Winter Carnival. Because <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't have a little jolly rancher, happy people. It's like real you serious. You have like yeah, Vulcan, killer yeah, murderers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got the Vulcans. Oh, <laughs> just a little quasi-sexual assault, you know. They, what, they... <laughs> so, what are you doing? I, I mean, downtown. I mean, obviously you have some problems, some, some challenges, I shouldn't say problems, but uh, what, what are you doing to, to make downtown better once you get the, uh, the mall fixed? Well, downtown actually is really strong right now, and as we see an increase of residents that are living downtown, I mean, we've had hundreds, uh, over a couple thousand people more move downtown. I was actually at a forum talking about stats on housing. We just can't build things fast enough to meet the demand. There's just more people that want to live downtown, typically millennials and boomers, boomers who want to go turnkey, millennials who just want to live in density. Literally, the building cannot happen fast enough in order to get people here. People are in line. It's why it's almost too expensive to live downtown. So, but it's a good place to live. Yeah. But what about visiting? Well, in visiting, particularly with East Town, which is okay. celebrating two What's, neighborhoods. Tell me what East Town is. VRBO okay. land. Viva East Town, am I right? You can VRBO it. So you may or may not know the history of Minneapolis in the 1930s. The Uptown Theater burned down. Oh. And they, as the community, is, realized they're a convergence of several neighborhoods. And when they rebuilt the theater, it was actually just an announcement in the Star Tribune paper. We're now calling this area, area Uptown. And that's like four, five, six neighborhoods, depending on where you're coming from, that all value this sort of canopy idea of shared values. Well, you have $2.5 billion that flow in in a five-year period of time. The neighborhoods were saying, we can't be the stadium district. Elliott Park was saying, we've been overpassed for so many years, can we participate? Downtown East was really thriving through a lot of TIF incentives and then the arts with Guthrie and then the fail, and, uh, but we needed to bring it all together. So we actually asked everyone, what do you want to do? And for like two years, we did these interviews, and they said, make sure it says East, 
And after that, it almost doesn't matter. But don't make it like some catchphrase from New York, because we're Minneapolis, right? What would a catchphrase from New York be well, with, with East in Soho, it? Soho, Soho, Soho mofo, yeah. yeah. Not, not like, <laughs> forget about it. Right, right. yeah, yeah. I, I would Get out of the way. I'm not from New York, I don't know. Efo. Yeah, so, you know, town speaks to community. Uh, the meaning's going to have to come to it now. Um, we, some people thought, maybe call it East Loop but there was no historic precedent, like the North Loop was a loop, a tip, an actual railroad loop that went through the commercial space. We didn't really have that. So East Town is our way to just now create a sense of value on all the pieces. And when you talk about events, the commons, Jacob, I mean, you can stump on this. You were a key leader in helping the commons be an incredible, almost two full block space designed by a world-class architect. And we're, gonna, we're hosting millions of people now as the stadium is not a sports arena, it is a, like a convention center that is drawing so, tens of millions of people. So if you don't like the name, you can just appreciate the glory. Right, well, and eventually the name will mean something. Right now it's sort of this placeholder that will have meaning over time. For me, it means East Town. That's St. Paul. That's the East Side. Yeah. Well, no, St. Paul has an East Side, but yeah. the East Town. Yeah. Well, we did our work. We actually had uh, Padilla CRT, one of the competitors. Oh, you paid big bucks? No, they gave Quit us. questioning it, man. It works. They gave us money. It's not a Peter Calthorpe stuff. Yeah, to work on that. But it wasn't just them. It was friends like Casey Truth. Whoa, hold on a second. I got a little... Oh, sorry. PR firm gave you money to do pro bono work for you. Yeah, two years in a row we got community resources, probably fifty to sixty thousand dollars. Yeah. Weird business model. As long as the microphone is in the uh, Minneapolis side, how do you guys think about East Town as the name for this area that goes that way? Downtown East is half of the neighborhood. So the armory's not in downtown east. So don't count the armory if you're saying downtown east. Wow. See, we don't even know where we are. It feels like we're doing math again. Uh, what about, uh, is there not something nice to eat in, in East Town? There's a lot of great places to eat. The newest restaurant is uh, McKinney Row, $4 million build out in the Wells Fargo Towers. But up and down Washington Avenue, uh, you've got Maxwell's, you, you've got uh, Grumpy's, you've got... The East Side, by the way, New Trader Joe's, corner of Chicago, and like we've been saying, Stadium, we've been saying Wells Fargo, the corner of Washington, Chicago has $300 million of redevelopment going on right now. Two new hotels, a grocery store, three new hotels, a grocery store, restaurants, coffee shops. I mean, Washington Avenue, and you've been, Jacob, again, this is your ward. I don't want to take your thunder. No, no, You've you, been overseeing you do, you're this. You're doing well, man. It is a yeah. phenomenal. Hey, Give I, me the credit and keep talking. Yeah, yeah. It should be called Minnesota Town. I think somebody found a press secretary. Can I ask these guys a question? The, Actually, that, that was yeah. the, uh, you know, can the we, Twin. Can we ask one question? Because, you know, people that come to the Twin Cities, and I get this all the time, my, our friends from New York, whatever, they go, where do these people come from? Like, are they moving in from the suburbs? Right. Are they moving in from out of state? Yes, yes. Because, but, but they always, the biggest curiosity for out-of-towners, because this happens to us in St. Paul, too, it's just like you're building these things. Where do they come from? Yeah. Because a lot of people think there's going to be suburban desert, like Woodbury's going to be like, just like this thing that's deserted, you know, or parts of White Bear Lake or Chaska or whatever, does that ever come up in the city planning? 43% of millennials, ages 18 to like 35, 
all want to live in downtown Minneapolis. Downtown Minneapolis, right? And then the other piece are turnkey boomers. That some, this is their space. Wait, wait I got it. So a turnkey boomer. want to live in St. Paul? This, does that work? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So, wait. Millennial, millennials and turnkey, what's a turnkey boomer? I do have that Turnkey boomer who's like, I mean, these condos are menetized. Okay. Like, and some people actually get rid of their cars even because you can take the light rail to the airport without even getting oh. like cold. You can take it to St. Paul. Take it to St. Paul, which I do all the time for meetings in St. Paul. But it's one of these experiences where you literally, you've got a fitness center, you've got all these great community spaces, your homes are like kind of more high-end, you know, spaces. We even, though, have affordable senior home in care that was just built, the Mill Quarter, and Abiton Development here in the Mill District. So there is some pieces that are a little more affordable. And I'm actually overseeing an affordable project that's in Elliott Park, but in East Town for 169 units of actually tax credit affordable. And all that to say is, but most of it, probably 90% are for folks who are like, man, I want to retire. I don't want to have to deal with hoses and lawns, and I'll pay a little more to be able to like work out in the fitness space, be able to walk to a restaurant, catch a light rail to my airplane ride, wherever. It's convenience living. It's lifestyle living, for sure. Yeah, lifestyle. this life's So turnkey boomers and millennials from North Dakota, this sounds like an odd couple sitcom, am I right? <laughs> How many of the audience here are transplants from outside St. Paul, Minneapolis? No, 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 you can't raise your hands. This is radio. No one can see you. Come on, come on. I think we found all the North Dakotans. All right. Let's talk to our another sponsor tonight. Fair State is here with us from Minneapolis. All right, let's hear from Fair State. Hello. Howdy. Hi. So tell us a little bit about what we're drinking tonight. Uh, you and I are drinking DuPound. Uh, it is a uh, farmhouse saison, uh, nicely hopped with Centennial. Uh, one of our, right now, two offerings in cans. Uh, it's just a really nice, great drinking beer. Uh, 16 ounces, it's a pound of beer. Wow. <laughs> so that's where the name comes from, DuPound? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that how you, your head feels tomorrow after you drink it? No, hopefully not. Okay. But it's, you know, it, it's nice and refreshing, so you, you know, it is also a beer that one could pound. I see you guys also brought the Roselle. Can you talk about that? We did. That? Uh, Roselle is another one of our flagships. It's the first sour beer, uh, Minnesota sour beer, that's been put in cans. Uh, we've been kind of leading the way and producing, you know, sour beer in Minnesota. It's kind of a, a unique and new thing for us. Uh, it's a really nice, tart, refreshing beer, especially nice when the weather is unseasonably warm. Cool. So, Fair State, you're a co-op. Could you explain a little bit about yes. how that works? We're a consumer co-op. Okay. Uh, that's the easiest thing. Similar to the food co-ops that people might be familiar with, uh, where the people that come and drink beer at our tap room can actually own a piece of the brewery. Uh, we like to say, drink like you own the place, because when you are in there and you are a member owner, you, you really do. Yeah, so how many members? Oh. <laughs> oh. Don't you have a brewery in St. Paul? Yes. We do, but we don't have a tap room. Okay. And there's no, uh, there's also no brewery there uh, either yet. Uh, it's on its way. So, so explain that for those who couldn't hear it. You, yeah. So we're uh, thankfully things are going pretty well for us. So we recently announced that we're expanding into St. Paul. We're building, <laughs> we're building a new, uh, new production facility there, so that we can hopefully bring people more cans of beer. Uh, the pills that we brought tonight, that'll be in cans uh, this spring. Right. And uh, we're, we're pretty excited to be able to hopefully produce close to enough beer to satiate people. All right, so if I want to drink 
at the Fair State right now, where would I go? You'd go up to Central and Lowry, uh, the corner right across from Holy Land. Uh, we're open seven days a week. Uh, tonight we got trivia. Are you guys open late? Uh, we're open till 11 on uh, weeknights because we're in oh. Minneapolis, and so we want to be open later than Twin Whiskers. There we uh, and go. we're open till midnight on weekends. So. All right. Well, thanks. Let's get it up for Fair State. Yeah, a little drinking music. Oh, we've had a great time tonight. One of my, but now we've gotten to my favorite segment. This is the captain's picks, ladies and gentlemen. So, if there's anything the captain loves, it's food. So here are my top three picks from both cities, both sides of the river. So I'll start with St. Paul. I like that place. So when I'm looking to hoist my sails on a great night out and to eat some fancy fish, I head on down to Meritage. Anybody been there? Yeah, yeah. But if you want something more exotic, you gotta walk the plank over to the Thai Gardens on University and try the River Monster. Anybody try that yet? Yeah. You won't be disappointed. And last but not least, let's talk about Lower Town Pizza. In, I'm sorry, Big River Pizza in Lower Town St. Paul. One of the uh, St. Paul pizza joints. It's not seafood, but it is by the water. Captain does allow that. Yes. What about you guys? Favorite St. Paul restaurants, picks, anybody? Skinner's Pub. Where? Skinner's Pub. Oh. Where? Red Savoy. Red Savoy. Pat, you got, you got to have a couple. Oh, yeah, I got them all. You got them all. All right. You're not going to pick favorites. All right, from Starboard to Port, let's head to Minneapolis. How many of you have dropped anchor at? That's right, the anchor. Yeah. Huh? For some vision chips? Are you looking for something, something fresh from the sea? Do you batten down the hatches and get some sushi from Fujiya? Huh? Yeah. Anybody? I do have to say, right here in East Town, if you don't want to be left high and dry for a great meal, just around the corner is the Fed Cafe located in the Federal Courthouse. Huh? It's not seafood. It's, it's not seafood and it's not by the water, but man, they're doing some great stuff over there. Minneapolis, you guys got any favorites? Blanca there. She's very Anybody? Anybody? No? You just. Taco Riendo. Taco Riendo, that's an excellent place. Yes. Hola Arepa, that's also a great place. Blackbird. Kiachi. Kiachi. All right, I'm sure they're all listening tonight. So tonight, I want to thank you all for coming out and for our panelists. We are sponsored by KC Truth, an advertising agency that cuts through the BS, finds the truth, and delivers smart, bold ideas like building a bar and passing it off as a conference room. Visit kctruth.com for more. And Steve. Yes, we're also brought to you by Minnesota Business Magazine, which is uh, fascinating, unlike those other boring business publications. We want to be, we want to be in your lobby. That's where we want to be. So we have one final question for our, uh, our, our visitors here, our guests, and that is, when you pull yourself out of uh, downtown Minneapolis, Dan, what brings you to St. Paul? Usually it's to meet with people about Minneapolis. <laughs> oh! Clever rebound. Okay, <laughs> Trisha, when you wow. want to visit your birthplace, <laughs> <laughs> it's on the certificate. What brings you over oh, to Minneapolis? There's no question. The theater, for sure. The theater? The, the, the theater and then walking around the lakes with my girlfriends. Because okay. most of my girlfriends went to the U, <laughs> and they live in 
Kenwood and around some other lake somewhere else. <laughs> or North, but yeah, I would say uh, the people for sure are phenomenal in Minneapolis. But and the people uh, on the stage it, are the it, best. I would say that the theater is exceptional here. Thank you. Okay, Jacob, you've been to St. Paul. Yeah, I have. What few brings times. you there? I, I'll, go with two, I'll go with two of them. If it's work related, the Capitol. If it's not, Flugtag. What's Flugtag? Yeah. Very nice. Where they jump off the whole thing. So, right. I've been to the wilds a couple times. Yeah. Actually, so, I met Pat with So, Pat, when you go to Minneapolis and you're not looking for illegal ballots and things, what, <laughs> what, what do I you say? they have them there, though. They <laughs> They're planted in a warehouse. But That's why right. do you go to Minneapolis? When I'm not watching the wild, which is where Jacob and I first That's met, right. That's uh, right. um, I will go see a, a Timberwolves game or a Lynx game. Uh, okay. And fabulous. Sports. Great. Well, I want to tell you, I think we've had a breakthrough tonight. I think it's, it's no longer two cities, it's just one heart. I think together we can go forward hand in hand across the river. Okay, thank you all for coming. Thank guys. you all. Your bartender. Let's hear it for our panelists tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming out. Please stick around as long as you'd like. Finish your beers.